I think you'll recognize this one in English, but in Spanish it's called Adios y Aleluya. Hablan español, ¿cuántos? Tres, cuatro, tres, tres, muy bien. Adios sea la gloria. Thank <laughs> you. 
17th of this year, we celebrated our 67th anniversary. 67, 60, 62 years, 62 years. And God has given us four children, 17 grandchildren, and five great grandchildren. One week from today, this very hour, we will be in West Palm Beach, Florida, and I will be officiating at my granddaughter Holly's wedding. She was our first grandchild, and so it will be a very, very, very special time. One week from today, at this very hour. <laughs> well, you know, we just were thinking about 9-11, and that horrible thing that happened to the Twin Towers in New York City. But yesterday, I sent an email to Peter and to Pete, and this is my email, I'm reading it right now. As terrible as 9-11 was, the China virus is far, 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 far worse. Without firing a single bullet or dropping a single bomb, China has brought the world to its knees. And it's a new type of warfare they have. They don't have to fire any bullets. You know what's happening to the world. Um, and I think this was just a test run. They probably have a, another virus ready to go at the drop of a hat whenever it's necessary. And I asked myself, what manner of China communist government is this with no care for human lives. They've spilled human lives all across the world. And this is their practice. You know, both Russia and China, in order to conquer their countries for communism, they killed millions of their own people. Millions. They don't care about human lives. And they forced the population into the slavery of communism. 
Well, upon the release of the China virus, China suspended all domestic flights, but they sent 433,000 Chinese people to the United States of America. That's why we have the coronavirus, the China virus right now. Others travel around the world, they spread the virus all over the world. Now, this is my only, my, my personal belief. I personally believe that China sent this virus to the USA to bring about the defeat of President Donald Trump in the coming elections. He's the only president that has stood up to China and has demanded a level playing field. No one. They don't like it. I have a I have a daughter-in-law who's from China. And she tells she gets she said there's only one news agency from the from the, from the chief there from the Communist Party, but she goes under the radar and gets all kinds of news. Except that they tell all kinds of terrible, terrible lies about Donald Trump. They hate him because he's the first president to stand up to them. So we need to be praying, just as Peter and Peter and I were saying before this meeting, we need to be praying that God will have mercy on our country and like Donald Trump once again. People like George Soros and his like are funding the rioters going on in all the major cities of the country. But we have an omnipotent God, and he has the answer. And he knows, and he's written the last chapter, and then comes eternity. And these atheistic communists will be in very poor shape at that time. Well, you heard about how someone was working around with Chinese virus. With Radio Impacto, which God led me to start in 1964, we're working around the Chinese virus now. It can't stop the airwaves. And, uh, you know, when Christ was here on this earth, he said, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing, he will do even greater things than these. Christ said that. In a single day, we reach far more people through our radio program in Bakwa, far more people in a single day than Christ reached in his entire lifetime. He told the truth when he said that. Greater things than we do. Praise be to him. Impacto now goes out in 22 countries, over 310 stations. It's broadcast 10,000 times per month, 2,333 times per week, uh, 14 times every hour. This hour, broadcast will go out 14 times. So we're getting around the, the virus, <laughs> and they can't stop the airwaves. <laughs> well, I'm here this morning to talk about children. As I've already mentioned, we have four children, 17 grandchildren, and uh, I picked this up. A Sunday school teacher asked for class to write notes to God, and I thought that was really cute. One wrote, Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but I really think you got confused because what I really prayed for was a puppy. Another <laughs> one said, Dear God, please send me a pony. I never asked you for anything before. You can look it up. <laughs> Another one said, Dear God, I bet it is very hard to love everyone in the whole world. There are only four people in my family, and I remember having a hard time loving all of them. <laughs> Another one said, Dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would have not killed each other if they had their own rooms. That's what my mom did for me and my brother. <laughs> Another one said, Dear God, did you really mean do unto others if they do unto you? Because if you did, I'm going to get my brother real good. 
In other words, said, dear God, did you mean for the giraffe to really look like that? Or was it an, an accident? <laughs> In other words, said, dear God, I'm an American, what are you? <laughs> and then I love this. A nine-year-old, Joey, was asked by his mother what he had learned in Sunday school that morning. Well, Mom, our teacher told about how God sent Moses behind enemy lines on a rescue mission to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. When he got to the Red Sea, he had his army build a pontoon bridge and all the people walked across safely. Then he radioed headquarters for reinforcements. They sent bombers to blow up the bridge and Pharaoh's army, and all the Israelites were saved. Now, she always said to mother, is that really what your Sunday school teacher told you? He said, well, no, mom. But if I told you the way the teacher did, you'd never believe me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another child. This child was a, a kind of a, a, a teenager child. He was a, a North Dakota farm kid who joined the Marines. And he wrote this letter back to his, his, his folks on the farm. He said, Dear Mom and Paul, I am well. Hope you are. Tell Brother Walt and Brother Elmer the Marine Corps Peace working for old man Minch by a mile. Tell them to join up quick before all the places are filled. Peter can remember. He's in part of the military. And he said, and then this child said, I was restless at first because you've got to stay in bed until nearly 6 a.m. But I am getting so I like to sleep late. <laughs> Tell Walt and Elmer all you do before breakfast is smooth your cot, shine some things, no hogs to slop, feed to pitch, mash to mix, put wood to split, fire to delay, practically nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Men have got to shave, but it's not so bad. There's warm water. Breakfast is strong on trimming, like fruit juice, cereal, eggs, bacon, but kind of weak on chops, potatoes, ham, steak, and fried eggplant. I and all the regular food. But tell the world and Elmer you can only sit like two city boys and live on coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Their food plus yours holds you until noon and you get fed again. It's no wonder these city boys can't walk much. We go on rude marches where the platoon sergeant says our long walks to harden us. If you think so, it's not my place to tell them different. A rude march is about as far as our mailbox at home. <laughs> Then the city guys get sore feet and we all ride back in trucks. The sergeant, sergeant is like a school teacher. He nags a lot. The captain is like the school board. Majors and colonels just wire around and frown. They don't bother you none. The next will, this next will kill Walt and Elmer with laughing. I keep get, getting medals for shooting. I don't know why. The bullseye is near as, a, near as big as a chip on his head and don't move. And it ain't shooting at you like the hippie boys at home. All you've got to do is lie there all comfortable and hit it. You don't even have to roll your own cartridges. They come in boxes. Then we have what they call hand-to-hand -hand combat training. You get, you get to wrestle with them city boys. I have to be really careful. They break really easily. <laughs> it ain't like fighting that old bull at home. I'm about the best they got in this except for Tug Jordan from over Silver Lake. I only beat him once. He joined up the same time as me, but I'm only five foot six and 130 pounds, and he's six foot eight and nearly 300 pounds dry. Be sure to tell Walt and Elmer to hurry and join before other fellows get in on this setup and come stand peeking in. Signed, your loving daughter, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
speaking of children, the Bible says in Psalm 127, sons and daughters are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in what's you. Blessed is the man whose crib is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies at the gate. Nowadays, more than ever, I think before, the devil likes to devastate, devastate our family. And how can he most devastate our family? With our children. The TV and Hollywood exposure and pornography and drugs and negative peer pressure just working on our kids all the time. Remember, we had a crusade in the program in Guatemala, and Dr. Otto, medical doctor who's on our team down there, made an announcement. He said, the AIDS cases here are growing faster among teenagers than any other group here in Guatemala. What would you do to save your children? Let me tell you about Seneca. We had a meeting in the Salit de Coliseum in Bogota, Colombia. There were about 7,000 people out every night, but I had only remember one. And then Celia, she came to me one night after the meeting. She was about 35, but she looked like 53. She said, I have nine children by nine different men. We live in one room downtown in Bogota. And the only way I can provide food for my kids is to sell my body. I don't want to do this. That's the only way I have. She said on our small transcript transcript video a few months ago, we heard your program in Papa. And we started listening every day. But now I have received Christ into my heart. And some of my nine children. She said, please pray for us. God wants to take care of the family. We put her in the hands of the pastor, the local pastor and his wife, to take care of her, to change her life. For a she's willing to, to suffer body for the children. Now, the other side of the of the coin, I remember coming home from a crusade in Honduras, and I noticed that the woman across the aisle from me was reading the Bible. And I asked her, do you know the author of that book? She said, I sure do, and I know your voice. Aren't you Bruce Del Monte? You listen to your program all the time. She called her husband and her, and her boys, boys, boys there, and we had a great time together. Uh, in Latin America, the scene is a little different. Here, you can't mention God in school as much. Down there, Schools are wide open. We're learning time for crusade. We have almost on every occasion we can go into the local schools and preach the gospel. I remember in La Ceiba, Honduras, uh, they don't have a nice auditorium like our schools have. But we met out in the soccer field. There were 400 students there. We preached the gospel. Then one third of the student body received Christ. And afterwards, the headmaster came to, to me and he said, Hey, can you come back this afternoon? I've got a larger group on you coming this afternoon. We turned away and we went back there, you know, he said, this is real culture. And I guess it is. <laughs> well, Christ told said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Statistics. Statistics don't lie. Statistics tell us that 80% of those who receive Christ as Savior do so by the time they are 18 years of age. Let's give a test. How many here received Christ before you were 18? Look at that, the majority. The majority. Oh, it's true. And in every crusade, people come to me and they, 
my fellows come to me and they say, I oh, used to do on the radio, you know, it was a little boy or it was a little girl. It's wonderful to see how it follows through the years and listen every day. I remember I was speaking at a church in Manuka, Illinois. After I finished speaking, I went and sat down. And the pastor, Dave Jankowski, uh, stood up and he said, uh, Bruce, I want you to come and tell us how is it that with all of your travels, all of your kids turn out really well and you're all walking with the Lord. So I told him, well, I think I best explained everything about three evangelists. The one is very well known. His name is Billy Sutley. Our first business manager with, with Impact International, uh, John Bennett, who saved under Billy Sunday's ministry when he was only eight years old in the jungle. And yet, uh, Billy Sunday's case none of them turned out well. A friend of mine, Shorty Abel, did a film documentary on Billy Sunday. You see, his wife all traveled with him. The kids were on their own, and some, some wanted to take care of them all of their lives. And they didn't have mommy there, they didn't have daddy there. The short year with his film garden, Jerry said, all, all of Billy Sunday's kids were in hell. One guy to drunk, one guy to jail. He said, he pulled up a letter written by one of Billy Sunday's boys. He said, Dad, thank you so much for letting mom stay home this time. Billy Sunday's kids were all in hell. And yet he writes thousands to the Lord. I contrast that with Jack Wilson, and Peter and I know very well. I spent six years with Jack. Uh, Marge Wilson seldom traveled with us to me. She stayed home, she raised his family. And when Jack was home, we really spent quality time with our kids. All of them turned out wonderful well with the Lord. Many are in full-time service. They're sold out to the Lord. God tells us in Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. These commandments I give you today to be upon your hearts. This is what Jack Wilson did. He says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you're sitting home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. Jack was a wonderful example to me. And when I was at little home, I tried to give my kids really quality time. And they had a wonderful mother to raise them too. They're all walking with the Lord. We had three prayers for our kids. One, that they would receive the Lord. Number two, they would have their daily devotions. Number three, they would marry someone who loved them. God's fulfillments. And we're so, so very, very thankful. Uh, you know, Pete here is a, is a PK. He's a preacher's kid. My, my children are MKs. You know you're an MK when you can't answer the question, where are you from? <laughs> when you flew before you can walk. When you call your parents co-workers, aunt and uncle. When you watch a Ge National Geographic special and recognize someone. <laughs> when you marvel at the cleanliness of U.S. gas stations, like in Bob said that. When you have friends from or in 29 different countries. When you wince when people mispronounce foreign words. When you've spoken to dozens of churches but aren't a pastor. When you know what a real coffee tastes like. <laughs> when you haggle with the checkout clerk 
uh, for the lower price. <laughs> That's when you're in MK. Well, all of my kids were kind of predestined to go to Columbia Bible College. And I, I remember when I called on Christine when she was about three months into the school semester, and she, I called on her unexpectedly. And she saw me in the, in the hallway and she ran up and gave me a big hug and she said, Dad, it's just fantastic here. Almost everyone is an MK. There aren't many normal ones at all. <laughs> well, I'm so thankful that my kids turned out very, very well. And I would have been very, very happy and Margie would have been very happy if this is all we saw. But God continues to bless and we see many, many, many others come to the Lord. Uh, our dentist is a fine believer, and I'll never get a sign he has up in his office. He said, the best thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. And I'm here to say, Marky, I love you today. I love you. Unless the Lord builds the house, it's builders labor in vain. Children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. We've seen the mission accomplished. And we see so many others come to know the Lord. Thousands of literally thousands of sixth evangelists. But the greatest pleasure to me, the greatest satisfaction, is to see them going on in the Lord. And we see them going on to become loyal church members, some become pastors, some become elders, some even become missionaries. I recall who said we had in Siwatepeque, Honduras. I met there Norma. She was director of a bilingual institute for kids. She, she told me, I was saved in one of your in 1990, a leader there. Also, Eliseo came to me. He was, he's a multimedia TV expert. He got into every TV station in town for interviews. He got into every radio station. She said, I was saved in one of your here in 2002. And then Pumas came. He said, I was saved in the year 2000. Now, I'm a professor of theology in the seminary here. God is so great. This is the greatest, greatest satisfaction to me. Well, I want to thank you this morning. Uh, just go to Guatemala for these two other testimonies. In Guatemala, I met Walter Ramirez. And he told me 34 years ago, at the age of 16, I placed myself into Christ's redeeming hands in one of the crusades. Also in Guatemala, Ocean Vasquez said, at the age of 15, I walked out of a Guatemalan bar. I heard the music in Crusade. I entered, I found Christ. I am now 42, and I have been in his care ever since. John 15 says, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. This is to my father's glory, that you bear much fruit. I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that you last. Peter, Jack Wilson is my model for this day. Uh, I was in thousands of evangelistic meetings with him. I never remember one meeting where someone went to stay. But far more important than that was his daily life. I saw him his walk in good times, bad times. He was a tremendous testimony. He's up in heaven now, but he's still my role model. <laughs> And I thank God for him. And I thank God for you because all of the partner out there, you're all a part of it. You've stood this since the year 2020, 2000. This is our 40th anniversary here today. 
shortening time version that we've, we've been partners. So all of these cases I've been talking about, they're your children too, because you've been a part of it. So I'm here to, to say this morning, muchas gracias, mil gracias, a thousand times to you, and God bless you.